One little act of kindness can go a long, long way. Two little acts of kindness can brighten anyone's day. Three little acts of kindness can make a beautiful sound. Many acts of kindness help the world go round. Hi, and welcome back to season two of Tell Me What Happened the podcast that features people from all walks of life talking about childhood experiences that have impacted them as an adult. I'm your host, Jay Rehack, and like you, I've had my share of childhood experiences that have impacted who I am today. Some of them great, some of them not so great. Tell Me What Happened is sponsored by Sidemining Publishing, publishers of quality books, including Susan Salador's classic, I've got peace in my fingers. I have as my guest today, an old friend of mine. Actually, he's a student of mine from 35 years ago. I met him at St. Thomas of Canterbury when he came to our school as a sixth grader. Many years have passed, and I'm gonna let Lawyer Darfur tell us his story. Welcome to the show, Lawyer. Thank you very much, glad to be here. I'm really looking forward to hearing your story, lawyer. I'm so happy that you're willing to do this, kind of reconnect with me after all these years. I haven't talked to you since whatever, probably eighth grade when you graduated, I would say. I don't know. It's been a while. And uh, I'm hoping hoping you're doing well. Yes, I'm doing good. Fantastico. Well, are you ready to tell your story? Yes. All right, I'm going to get out of the way, lawyer. At the end, I'm probably going to ask you how what you've told us has impacted your life as an adult. But take it away, lawyer. Okay, so my name is Lawyer Darfour. And as Jay said, I was a former student of his um, back in 1986 in the sixth grade. And basically, I just wanted to tell my story of, you know, what's been going on in my life. So at the time, I was a transfer student to St. Thomas of Canterbury. So it was my first time at the school. I didn't really have a lot of friends. I was trying to get used to just a totally different environment. I had originally grown up on the south side of Chicago in Hyde Park, where it was predominantly Black or white, not too many other nationalities, races. And I came to St. Thomas and living on the north side, I was all of a sudden thrust into a situation where um, I was around many different people that I never, you know, had any type of contact with. So, you know, I had, you know, I knew, or I should say that there were classmates who were Hispanic, who were Asian, Indian. So it was a new experience for me. Um, kind of hard to all take in as I guess you would say a 12 year old who had never been exposed to any other different cultures and nationalities to be thrust into a classroom with you know, people of many different nationalities. So I think that was an adjustment for me. It took a lot of time, I would say, at least 
probably about three years to understand and feel a little bit comfortable with the people that I was around. At the time, I, during the summers, I would go off to a summer camp in Wisconsin. And when I aged out of being a camper, they had a program for um, campers that wanted to become junior counselors. So I was signed up for the program and I did the year's worth of training. And at the end, I was officially a junior counselor. And my job at the time at the camp was to be a cabin floater, which meant that I was going to be assisting counselors with the kids in those cabins. That same year that I started as a junior counselor, they, the camp itself decided to start a pilot program of international staff. So they had people coming from many different countries, basically to learn what it's like to live and work in America um, and just basically dealing with, with American kids. So they were counselors and we were tasked with helping them. It was an eye-opening experience for me at the time because up until that point, I had never met anyone from Australia or from England for any different country that you know, I had seen on television for that matter, except the kids in my classroom. So it was a different experience for me. And at the time I thought it was kind of unique and cool that I could be around those, those people and kind of learn what, what it was like for them growing up and how they did things and just hearing the way that they spoke and learning their slang and nomenclatures for a variety of different things that that we have in America. At one point in life, I thought that I wanted to become this world famous architect. And it was actually what I wanted to do was become an architect and just build, you know, design and build buildings. But after meeting people who were from different countries, I decided well, maybe I don't want to just design and build stuff in the U.S., but I want to be able to design and build stuff all over the world. Well, going into high school and doing an architecture program and realizing that, okay, after I graduate, our instructor told us, well, this is the same stuff you're going to see in college, so just be prepared. We kind of scoffed it off and said, yeah, whatever, we're you know, we know this stuff, they're not going to make us do it over again. But it turns out that we did. And at the time, I was not too thrilled about that. And I remember reading an article, and it was talking about construction management as a new emerging career field. So right then and there, I decided, hmm, maybe I want to actually be involved with the construction process and have more freedom and liberty to move around the world basically and manage projects. So I switched over to construction management and during the time that I was in the program, I met a girl and who was part of an exchange student program and she was from the Philippines. So we started dating and when college was done, she was going back to her country and she invited me to come visit. So I decided, yeah, I'll go and visit. 
the world. I went and visited. I loved the environment of the Philippines. I thought it was something new and different. And her parents at the time owned a construction company, a fairly large one in the Philippines. And I asked her, would you be able to get me a job? So she spoke to her parents and her dad offered me a, I guess, a pseudo internship. And the rest is history from there. I worked there and upon returning to the States, I got to work for a number of different companies doing a variety of different projects. And I basically got to travel the world and meet a lot of different people. I would say that I also got to experience a lot of different cultures just from my career experiences alone. I've had the opportunity to build projects in 10 different countries and four different continents. I've worked on projects in 22 states and in six Canadian provinces. And so in all my travels, I learned a lot of different things. And one of the things I can really take away from my experiences is that no matter where you're from, what your background is in life, anywhere in the world, people still hold the same values that I would say all of us seem to share. And that's family values, uh, friendships, life, kids, the cultural environment, it's it's all the same no matter where you go. Sure, people might be from a different country and we might think that, you know, well, because they're from here, they don't seem to hold the same values um, for a family or for kids or whatever because of, you know, let's say how they they might raise them in a certain particular sense. But that doesn't mean that we don't share those same values. I mean, everyone regardless of where you are in the world, still fundamentally knows, okay, my parents are here. It's my job, my duty as a as the child that when I get older, I should, you know, take care of my parents. It's also their duty and their responsibility to take care of their own children as well. Um, we go to work, we socialize, and I don't think that there's any differences. I would say the one thing that I've learned throughout my journey though, is that it's important for us to understand each other, regardless of what our religious beliefs are, regardless of the color of our skin. We're all, we're all people, that, that's pretty much it. There, there's no difference. And we're friends and I think we should try and treat each other as friends all the time because I've made tons of friends in my travels. Some of them I still keep in contact with. I still see them or we exchange phone calls, birthday greetings, everything under the sun. And I personally think that it's nice that regardless of where I go in the world, that I know that there's someone I can contact with. I can contact and ask, hey, would you like to grab a bite to eat for lunch, meet up for dinner, do 
little outings with them and their families. And I, I think that that is important for us as human beings to have these social interactions with others and to value others in their personal opinions and in their lives. Yeah, well, that's well said, my friend. Well said. Listen, I, I got to ask you one question. You've already answered how it's impacted your life because you, you, you're a guy who started off on the South Side and sort of uh, in a two-culture world, maybe. And now you've gone all over the world and you've experienced a tremendous amount of multiculturalism and variety of different you know, human beings in terms of that and understanding the, how, how close we are to one another. But the one question I gotta ask you is, uh, are you still in contact with that uh, with that woman from the Philippines who sort of got you on your international journey or is that over? No, so actually we're still in contact with each other. With the pandemic, I can say that we haven't actually had a chance to, you know, just hang out in the past four years, but we still do keep in touch we'll exchange emails chat regularly and that's about it really that's great well listen i want to thank you lawyer for coming on the show i do want to uh especially thank you because to be honest with you i um, messed up the recording last week when we were doing this and you were kind enough to come back on and do the show again so thank you very much for being on the show i'm really happy that you're uh Doing well. Where are you right now, by the way? You're not in Chicago, are you? No, I am currently in Granger, Wyoming, which for those of you who may not have a clue as to where Granger is, it is on the southwest portion of Wyoming. I'm about two hours west of Salt Lake City. Oh, wow. Wow. And then with your job, you travel all over the world. Do you know where you go next or you just wait for somebody to tell you, hey, we need you someplace else? How does that go? Most of the time, I would say that it's, hey, lawyer, we need you here on X date. So I will get a little bit of a heads up. And other times it will be, hey, you know, we have a project that's going on just outside of Salt Lake City. It's about an hour east of Salt Lake City or an hour, sorry, north of Salt Lake City. And since you're already in, in Wyoming, could you shoot over there and take a look at that project and possibly stay there for a week or two? So usually that's what, what happens. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Lawyer. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate reconnecting with you. It's really um, brings me a lot of joy to know that you're doing well. And uh, I knew you would because I knew you back in the day when you were in sixth grade and uh, you were a very, very intelligent young, young guy. And uh, now that you and I have talked, I do remember you kind of transferred in. The truth be known, I started at St. Thomas of Canterbury approximately the same time that you transferred in. So we both sort of uh, were, were, uh, were new to the school at the time and i'm glad you're doing well thank you very much and i'm glad to be a part of your show i hope that everything is going well for you as well i'm sorry for the technical difficulty that <laughs> i had on my end um, with my ipad overheating 
and basically kicking me off and trying to scream to get back on again, hoping that I didn't screw everything up. Not at all. Not at all. Well, that's our show. I'd like to thank my former student, Lawyer Darfour, for taking the time to be on Tell Me What Happened. I'd also like to thank our sponsors, Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books. And finally, I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you have a childhood story and you'd like to be on Tell Me What Happened, just contact me at J-A-Y-C-R-E-H-A-K at gmail.com. That's J-A-Y-C-R-E-H-A-K at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Well, I'm going to end this show, as I often do, with Susan Salador's One Little Act of Kindness. Until next time, this is Jay Rehack asking you to stay safe out there and try not to hurt anybody. One little act of kindness can go a long, long way. Two little acts of kindness can brighten anyone's day. Three little acts of kindness can make a beautiful sound. Many acts of kindness help the world go round. One little loving word can go a long, long way. Two little loving words can brighten anyone's day. Three little loving words can make a beautiful sound. Many loving words help the world go round. One little seed sown can go a long, long way. Yes.